<laughs> that sounded really good. A whiz. We was he, are, he was Ralph. He was Ralphin. Everyone was Ralphin. I was Ralph. I'm a bit horse. We, I'm, yeah, I'm, I'm horse, but it wasn't from Ralphing. We are here. The pointy end of the season. Finals, baby. Well, we've had a one decider. One down. And a ripper. 13, uh, 12 to go. Um, this week's episode is dedicated to premiership celebrations and being able to back it up for five days in a row. And not get in trouble with the better half. Oh, Anthony's birthday was always on the Sunday after. And, and it was Father's, mother's, and no, it was mother's mother's day. No, Father's Day. I thought it was Mother's Day. No, nah, it's Father's Day. It was always a balancing act. Anyway, we've had our first uh, premiership winners crowned. Congratulations to the, the Mounties. Mounties in the ODFA. Yeah. Got it done in a close one over the Rabbits, Bothwell Rabbits. How are the nerves of our man Timmy? Tim hey, Langdale. Lining up from goals, 95 out. Do you know what happened? Do you know he pulled, he set himself up to go through his routine? Routine. You know what he pulled out of his sock? A little mirror. Just to make sure his, his hair, hair was, was fine. Put it back in. For the photo. Went back. Got a good lock of um, hair on him, doesn't Very he? Very good lock. Well known. Mm. Best in the Midlands, they say. Yep. Well, well done. Timmy got the goal and the Mounties won, so... Well done to them. Commiserations to Bothwell. They put in a stellar year, but... Well, it's hard to come up against a team that doesn't, doesn't lose a game. Yeah, yep. It's, so uh, they, put it, they certainly put in a performance in the grand final. We'll cover yeah. off on that. I've got a nice little review of that later on. Excellent. Around the leagues. Excellent. Well, there's uh, lots, yeah, lots no, to talk about this finals week. Finals fever. It's yeah. in the air. Yeah, we love finals. It's good. Yep. I think there's only a couple of leagues that... Other than the SFL women's, which goes on until... There are rounds that are still at the end of September. We might be done by then. <laughs> I don't know. But uh, I'm pretty sure there's only a couple of leagues that aren't, or that are coming up to their last round. So everyone's just. No, about... no, no. We're into finals. I'm pretty no, sure we're into there's, finals. There's, I think there's one or two that have still got a round to go. Okay. Rightio. Northwest Coast. All right. Well, there must be some of yours because all of mine are into finals. Oh, yeah. So, um, yeah, mate, there's, it's been a massive, massive week in local footy. Lots to talk about. I. Big weekend. I don't know if we... It was some, ma- some more than others. It was a massive weekend. Um, not a footy, just a massive weekend. As a 40-year-old, you can't do this too often. What happened? Well, we, we had a 40th, belated 40th, and um, it was fantastic. 15 blokes Fair to say you, got, you got a little bit excited, didn't you? Well, I mean, just the... You wound, you, you wound the clock back. Just ca- Quite literally. Yeah, you can't back up as a 40-year-old. What time did you get to bed? Oh, bed wasn't too bad. Four o'clock. 22 past four because you woke me up as <laughs> oh, you came in. The worst part was... Hey, tuck. <laughs> what's the score in the soccer? The worst part is then, because some of you went to bed at maybe 10, smartly, 
I think I actually fell asleep on a recliner at 10, but then I woke back up again. <laughs> um, but then you guys, everyone's ready to get up at seven and we've had about two hour, two and, two and a bit hours sleep. So Sunday was a long day. Um, it's very lucky too. They had snow at Todd's Corner this after, uh, last been, night. We could have been, been snowed in. That would have been great. We yeah, lacked a bit I'm of not food. Sure if we had one, one, food. one loo between 15 and blokes. A, and a busted hot water cylinder. Yeah. Apologies to that Crosby and John and um, Tom. Didn't mean to do that. That was no. a, it busted anyway, as great. we turned the power on. It's it not about nice. our weekend. It's about no, food. It was true. a great weekend. And uh, we did get to see a little bit of footy. A little was, bit of footy. Which was great. Best thing so. I saw on the weekend was uh, fire pits back at Inverme Park on Friday night. Uh, slight issue. They weren't on yesterday. Oh, this is Friday night. Friday sorry. night. Were they on on Friday? They were on on Friday night. I think there was too much rain on uh, Saturday to oh, well, Sunday to get started. Beautiful yesterday. It uh, would have been good. Would have been very nice. They weren't. Frank, shocking conditions on. yesterday. Horrible, wasn't it? I don't know. There was a fair bit of wind on Saturday, but I think yesterday was worse. Yeah, I was think, thank God they didn't. Well, I'd like to know what how many games were played in Hobart yesterday because it was windier in Hobart than it was up was here. It? Yeah. But that's footy, and you got to learn to play in any conditions. And uh, it was yeah, pretty full on yesterday. So Friday night, game. We, we went along. We couldn't get to the football on Friday night. We went to the. You can't remember what we did. No, no. I'm just trying to think where I, I. I I blew the lines on where we talk about general observations and an intro, and we just talk. Oh, are, we into, are we into talking now? I've actually given up because you don't know where we are. <laughs> no, so. well, I'm still there. Yeah, so, so Friday yes. night we went to fo- the Football Futures Forum. forum. Mm. Say that fast four football times Futures after forum. a couple football of Futures froths. Yep. Now, question for you. What were your thoughts? Uh, the representation in the ground, in the room, was a little bit lower than I thought it would be. Um, Agreed. I, that was my first point. Was, Disappointed with the turnout. Uh, and... I suppose, looking at it retrospectively, I think, and we covered off on this at the end of the thing, most of the people, or pretty much all the people there were convert or... Aligned. Aligned and up and proactive about what was occurring. So, um, to tell you honestly, I don't know how much was garnered out of it. Oh, I think there was, I think there was some important points that were brought across. Um, I was a little bit, I was, I was like you, I was a little bit disappointed with the turnout. I didn't see any... In TFA representatives there, now, and I didn't see any AFL or state league clubs there. But, but I also think and that I've they now, were canvassed that's right, individually. Yeah, I found out they were there. That, but it still would have been nice to have someone there to listen, and especially the state league clubs. But anyway, they weren't. Um, as, as we record this, there's a online session live one happening. Yeah, so yeah. if you're listening to this, it's too late. It was three days ago, <laughs> and it's on right now. Um, general themes from. The north, so they had these in the north, the south, the northwest. General themes I got from uh, this session: a bit greater governance and more consistent governance across competitions. I think is a general theme that what so north that means. See. So you're talking there along player movements and yeah. registrations, yeah, and constitutions, rules, and- all of that. They're all, they seem to be all different amongst the league. So I think a general um, streamlining of, of all of those, more AFL TAS involvement. With those competitions, is that in terms of assisting with th- the development and governance? Yeah, of it? I think it was. Yeah, there were two clubs, that, uh, two associations. They mentioned that have got that right um, model. Uh, NTFA was one. I couldn't remember who the other one. NTJFA was it? I'm not. I'm not sure. Remember. But um, zoning was a big issue. You know, I thought pro- we'd. I thought we'd gone away from zoning. There's zoning for the state league teams. So in Launceston. 
there's zoning depending on where you are and which junior club you're affiliated with that determines whether you go to North or to Launceston. So I don't know about other clubs, but I know East Lonnie, our boys at East Lonnie, they're aligned with North Launceston. So I don't know if it's a, there's a map somewhere that shows it, but more the theme there was more the regional competitions. So regional clubs, so your Georgetown, your Bracknells, your Hillwoods, your Delarains, Scottsdales, they, the general consensus I got of the night was that if you had a bit of talent, the Launceston-based clubs were trying to poach them in to get them to come and play at a younger age when those representatives of those clubs said, look, we, we want them at our club for as long as possible. And if they're ready to jump right up to the next level and play seniors at State League, then that's fine. But otherwise, they should be playing with their junior clubs. I agree. I think we should be supporting the regional areas. Um, so, yeah, I don't know what your thoughts were on that. Oh, I, I, I tended to agree with it. I think we have a danger at the moment in pretty much all junior sports of pathways and programs grabbing kids far earlier than what they ever have yep. and almost um, making them commit to an individual sport ahead of enjoyment and participation um, Question for and you. having fun. What age do you reckon that should happen then? I... I don't think there is a set answer on that. Yeah, I think it, individual. Uh, yeah, well, and that's that's probably something where parental involvement is um, for some kids is less than what it is with others. So it beca- it becomes a it becomes an individualized thing, and whether or not the player is is ready. Mm. Now you might know you might know Taryn Thomas's background more than me in regards to other clubs. I talk I look at two guys who made it from my era, our era. Greeny, Brad Green, George Bailey, different sports. Greeny was a phenomenal cricket player as well, but he played soccer, cricket, footy at a, at a started at an older age. Lawn bowls, he was a good lawn bowls. Um, George, amazing tennis player, good golfer, fantastic football player. Chose cricket, good fly fisherman. So th- these guys, you know, only chose they made it to the elite. I mean, George played for his captain, his our country, and Brad played over two hundred games for Melbourne. So they made to the lead, and they didn't have to decide until they were seventeen. So, yeah, it's a it's an interesting one as to when that was. The other uh, interesting topics from the night, I thought that transitioning between junior and senior footy needs to be a bit more smooth, and there might be a gap in between at that under 18, 17, 19 level where we're losing kids. And then the other one, which I really liked and hadn't thought of much, um, was the opportunity for umpires. I thought. Um, they, they mentioned there were a lot of players who would register. They might play one game or two and then lose interest in playing. I thought there was a massive opportunity there to get these guys to actually umpire, still stay involved with the game. We know umpire numbers are down. I think we've all got to make an effort to improve the way we talk to umpires. And I know I, I put my hand up in that regard um, when I was playing and, and as a coach and everything as a supporter. So... Speaking of that, I actually went up to the umpires on Sunday. I thought they did a, I thought they did a pretty good job on Sunday, and told them that as they were leaving Invermay Park. So oh, I, I didn't, yeah. not, I didn't notice them, which, which is, is always a a good thing. So it's Absolutely. actually, yeah, yeah. Um, Damien Gill and Andy Bennett were there. Andy Bennett, very thought provoking. What is the purpose of Aussie rules in Tasmania? What's our purpose? I suppose that depends on whether you're juniors or whether you're seniors. Yeah, um, I think he's. His question was more in regards to generally what you know. What's our purpose? Is it are we here to get to the elite? 
Um, I think that would be fostered more if we've got an AFL team and that clear pathway, or is it to enjoyment and social interaction and that that fabric of our you know regional regional parts of the state? So anyway, I thought it was great, excellent input from Jody Clifford uh, from Georgetown. Uh, it was quite funny when one of the guys mentioned about uh, Rosemary Turak getting flogged in their scores, and she popped up in the back and said, "Oh, you'd know all the scores if you listened to Way Out in the Wing." <laughs> I had a good chuckle at that. But uh, she had some great input and some great thoughts. So overall, I thought it was really, I really the liked, interesting liked one. It. I'm just trying to find it now because um, good listener of the show, Big Eighty, um, he he put up a proposal for the, the discussion was around junior football and participation. So we're obviously, eighteen on a field and stuff, and we threw up the idea of. Um, Nine to so AFLX essentially becoming junior, so you can potentially fit four grounds on a four rectangular AFLX grounds on a. We're naming the teams like the Rampage. No, hopefully not. Um, but uh, Adi put a put, Adi put a thing up on Facebook and he tagged us in, which I cannot find. Uh, basically, alluding to the fact of the grounds out at the uni, he had a complete restructure plan for North Launceston to, to transition out to the University Oval, new rooms to be built um the and ols goes out as well uni mowbray go to invermay park and then on the um the grounds on the far side of the uni oval um they all become a or get redeveloped into so basically you have four grounds yep. in which becomes a centralized hub sort of like your churchill park for footy yeah for yeah. For, for for what Junior that does football. is so, for soccer we can essentially do that for, for junior sport. Now, there are pitfalls and bits and pieces that n- would need to be destructured there. Um, going to be. But it was a forward-thinking and progressive idea to a state of um, we ha- we lack grounds at the moment, and that's before we even rope in weather conditions Mate, and a, stuff. A kid at um, 8 to 10 to 12 years of age isn't going to make that big a deal if he's playing on a rectangle ground or a oval shaped ground. Um, the, he just the wants basic to, skills wants to are there: kick, mark, handball, Abs- score a goal. Yeah, yeah, and, absolutely. Um, the more uh, that's why soccer does so well in junior age groups is because of the possession football and the amount that they touch it yep. is so much greater than AFL. So there, there are a few thought provoking things that came out of the night. And if you want your say. Um, you can still submit yep. um, your written, ideas written or questions and, and whatever it might be. Now, we don't want to interrupt for too long, but we need your help in spreading the word about Tassie's best football podcast, Way Out on the Wing. Subscribing to the podcast channel is definitely going to help us out a fair bit and then make this whole exercise go for an eternity, not just the two or three episodes. Uh, and you've got to remember we're doing this for you, the local footy community, and we want you on board for the ride. So... Go on, hit the like button, give us a follow on any of the social media platforms, tell your teammates, your coaches, interrupt them during three-quarter time address to say, follow way out in the wing, get your friends, family, and get on board. In fact, get your mum to listen, and we'll give her a shout-out. We love all the hard-working footy mums out there, so make sure you listen, subscribe, and like way out on the wing. Yep. Um, the other big news out of the week is the, the, Carter, the Colin Carter report. Yes. Um, Thanks to um, our <coughs> inside man sending that through to us nice and early. Oh, well, I think every, everyone was going to get it anyway. Yeah, but we got it early. What have you... Part of the so I've been... I understand... Have you read it? I have read it. Yep. And I understand... I listened to Colin Carter this morning on ABC Radio. Is that with Leon? Yeah. Yeah. And 
I'm a little bit confused, and I tended to agree with Colin Carter, on why everyone's jumping up and down about time frames. So his job was to assess the vital... Assess the, the options and stuff. What, what was the um, analogy used? It's like um, something about the, the wedding, a wedding day we, we're, without. We're proposing. not even engaged yeah, yet. Yeah. Um, but I thought we've we've all we've all immediately shifted that Tassie is going to get an, a, this nineteenth license and get the um, the team. It's coming. So let's start talking about time frame. When in actual fact, no, we haven't got that yet. Like there's. We need to work through the mechanisms and process of what, whether it is a team flying down and hosting games here. Now, we're pretty sure that's not going to happen. Yep. Uh, whether or not it's a relocated team. Now, looking at it on the surface, I don't think that will happen. I don't think that's got buy-in from Tasmania, nor I can't see a club in Melbourne. I actually think you've got less buy-in from the clubs in Melbourne in regards to... So you're to suggesting someone like a Gold Coast from a financial basis... But, well. Gil McLaughlin's ruled that out, Gold Coast. So, so that's not going to happen. You're not going to get... GWS have found a market share and have been successful. So the only other way that it's going to happen is that 19th team. But that's going to take a, a period of six to potentially 12 months in, in order to get to that point. So for everyone, including the Premier, to jump up and down and say, we need this now, we need time frames, blah, blah, blah. Yes, we do, but now's... Probably not the right time to do it. Now, I know the arguments there that we waited 35 years for this and we deserve this. Now, I'm not arguing with that. All I'm talking through is this: it needs to be feasible and it needs to be the mechanisms need to be correct for it to happen. The other one I heard was that the Tasmanian government, being the major sponsor, and there's no other team in the AFL that will have the same government buying than what the Tasmanian side would, goes to the Northern Territory government and basically says, hey, let's get another, let's get a Northern Territorian team so that we make this fully AFL. That then subsequently brings in an extra game into the rounds. You play 19 rounds or 18 rounds, play everyone once. 19. 20 teams, 19 rounds. Oh, yeah, 19 rounds. Then you go to finals. So, yeah, makes sense. I, I, don't, I can't see... I can't see the, the this current arrangement continuing for a long time because it's just not... A football in Tasmania. Yeah, the way it's working with a team playing four or five games and maybe you know the Carter Report saying that they play more, etc. The the re, relocation of another team, I, I, was, I know me personally, I'm dead set against it and I reckon a lot of our generation, I, I won't say dead set against it, but I mean a lot of our generation will struggle with that concept. However... From a longevity point of view, look at South Melbourne and the Swans. You know, at first, yes, they didn't want it, um, but that's grown, and now look at Sydney. So, I, I see that argument in regards to that team, and the younger generations will start to support it and follow, and we'll end up taking our kids because it's the product that we get to see play, and it's Collingwood and it's but Essendon and it's the, the you know the big teams that we want to that we want to watch. But the buying might be there for us, but it might be for that young. But that's generation. from a, that's that's you're speaking on behalf of supporters there, so the Tasmanian yeah. public. But it's that's that's after the fact. Like it's a it's a um, club president in one of the existing teams that basically has to float it to members and the board and say, "Hey, we're not financially that viable over the next 10, 20 years in our current state. Mm. Maybe we need to look at this." 
But I can't see that they, happening. Are they going to accept that? No. If they, if, they look at the, if they look at the South Melbourne model and say, oh, that's great. So in 10 years' time, we're basically going to be overtaken and overrun by this Tassie. Yeah, which is where, for the same reasons as fans yeah. in Tassie, not get not buying in for that. You won't yeah. get um, yeah. existing fans so for those So it seems teams. like there's only one solution left, and that's 19th standalone team. Which, which is where... I, this is where I can't understand why everyone's ripping Colin Carter because yeah, he's, he, he's he laid the job. options on the table yeah. and basically said, "Here, go ahead and and now AFL and Tasmania, you make the decisions, mm. okay? All the all the clubs make the decisions." He, he said it's viable each and every way. The other, he said he said financially, you're better off with a with a merger. Um, you'll be mid table in regards to financial support, but you are still viable if you go alone at a standalone nineteenth club. Not as financially strong, although I think There's from a, an emotional support from that point of view, I think there'll be, you know, there'll be more of it. What about though? What about when that team travels to Perth or Sydney or Melbourne? A Tassie side. Yeah. Do you reckon there'd be the Tasmanians that would go travel to watch it, or do you reckon there would be those expats well, in those cities that would go along and support it? Given the last eighteen months we've There's had, no re- crowds. Yeah, I reckon we want to get it. We, we want to get out of the state as much as we can, whilst mm-hmm. we haven't travelled for that period of time. There was an interesting one. So the argument against oh, against the nineteenth license was the fact of a player drain or a talent drain on the existing system and stuff. And the argument was put basically saying that we we <laughs> and I didn't understand it at the time, and I still don't agree with it. There isn't. There aren't enough elite footballers in the game. I was like, well, sorry. There's 18 clubs with 44 on the list that are all elite footballers. Yeah. The people people were saying, oh no, but if a 19th team come in and will make a drain. Now, the two, the last, the last that's, two. Hold on, that's 40. Yeah, that's no, no, 40 no. people out of a. Yeah, no, no. So this is where, this is where the numbers. The yeah. last two teams to come in, GWS and Gold, Gold Coast. Coast, when they came in, the population of Australia was 18 million. It's now twenty six million. Yeah. So there's eight million people. You're telling me we can't find eighty eight people? <laughs> for, no. F- well, for the you, two teams, the, you got two. So yeah. you're telling me in the same time period that Tassie gets one, we can't get forty four. Yeah. But then there's the argument about oh that uh, the Tassie side won't have the players to straight up start with. So how do you access those players? Well, the same way that GWS no, and Gold Coast did. No, no? so no, because it's not with. Uh, this was on radio on Saturday on the ABC. You do that. What happens is Gold Coast. Oh, sorry, there was an alternate method thrown up because the pitfalls to that are you get a huge um, pool of young players that take a long time, potentially a long yep. time to develop. And yeah, you we see saw, that, we saw with that with them. Gold Coast yep. and GWS and yep. stuff. It's not to say they're not elite players. They just don't have the experience or well, understanding. They were getting beaten by 100, 150 points. Forget his session. name. Called in. He said, why don't we just do what the NHL does when a new franchise is developed? Take a player from each team. Take a player from each team. So each team... Uh, Tazzy's choice? And no. Oh, so, let's yeah, put that so team no, together. So, so what happens is existing teams can put a no contract on, say, 10 players. So on your list, you can name 10 players that you cannot touch. But then, so that goes into a pool, we can't touch them. But then the Tasmanian team gets to pick a player outside of that 10 from each club list to get. Now, you're telling me... Sounds good in theory, but if you're that player, 
And no, obviously there's, a, obviously there's an agreement that needs to be an agreement with the player. Now, I don't know how it would work if the player said, no, I don't want to go, but but yeah. we're going to pay you this oh, or whatever. We'll go, to, we'll go to the next person and but see the, But what it, the idea that it threw up was, one, that that's relatively fair and even, but then also list managers are able to manage that 10 players. So they might say, okay, Western Bulldogs, we don't want you to take Bontempelli, McRae, English. Dunkley. Dunkley, whatever, but Trelaw, uh, someone like okay, so let's use Norton. Norton, we know that he might have a few injuries, or Josh Bruce, maybe. We know he's just done his knee. He's only got another year on his contract. Do we not put him up as a protected, as one of the protected ten, knowing that a Tasmanian will go and grab them, and then that's off our books, and we get we get, we get compensated for it. So it becomes a real well, it's all about mechanism. It's all about team management and that those sort of things now. And we've seen. I just you know, thought team, it was a really good idea, yeah, yeah. other than just draft picks. Just yep. throw draft picks at Tassie or or when yeah. we potentially get. It might all change by the time yeah, we get aside anyway. Anyway, it was a it was a good report. If you haven't read it, get out and have a read. A lot of uh, Tassie sports personalities got out and made their comments known on social media and most were pretty spot on, I reckon. So uh, we'll see what happens with that. Hopefully we get to talk to someone special and ask him some questions about it. Maybe. You're listening to Way Out on the Wing with Wildus. And I'm Worm. With thanks to Van Diemen Brewing, your local beer this footy season. Hey, um, on a more serious note, I saw the funniest thing on Sunday. The jumping Asian carp catching competition in Illinois. <laughs> Did you see this? Just get on Google and Google it. You'll love it. It's right down your alley. What is it again? Jumping Asian carp catching. In these, Iowa. These rednecks get in these boats and these carp jump out of the water. I actually noticed um, it would be perfect for the wing lid. Because these carps fly out, these so guys the have got self nets. Live, the self-leveling, self-leveling visor would be phenomenal. They've got they've got the um, the nets and they're trying to catch these jumping carp out of the ocean to see who can catch the most to win the tournament. So it's in the ocean. Yeah, you're in the you're like in a, in a river. It's in a river. It's hilarious. Worth getting on and having a look. Did it have a soundtrack over the top of it? No, but we can create oh. one of that. Um, big news straight out of the old boys competition. Um, probably something we should have mentioned earlier on but the efforts the outstanding efforts of one Trent Speedy Standen is that for my gag? I've got another one um, he really did stand and deliver I actually pinched them off Twitter I did say that yeah. yes. um, what an effort 30 goals 12 unbelievable unbelievable so he he went into this we, we mentioned it last we did actually mention this last um, last podcast, and we said that he's got got a chance of, rec- of of beating the record. So he was thirteen goals behind our our mate Mickey um, Mickey Fisher on Dosa. from Dosa at the start of the round. Thirteen goals behind him, he ended up beating him by eleven goals. To win the goal To kick win the in. leading goal kick. Kicked 101. Second time he's done it at OHA. Probably would have done three in a row last year if they had played a full season. Uh, unbelievable effort. 30 goals, 12. See, uh, the, again, much like Mickey Fisher kicked, uh, what did he kick? 19 goals, 13? Yeah. 19, I don't 15. like the... the 13, act. 12. That's two in one. If you 30, kick, 30, 30, 12. Sorry, sorry. 30, 12. That's better than 
two for Yeah, every. but I reckon if, if you kick if you kick eight four, would you be having, happy? If you're having forty two shots on goal. Well he had fifty two kicks for the day. How's this? We spoke about I'm gonna quickly talk about fantasy. We spoke about the fantasy points of Fish last week. Speedy's kicked fifty two kicks. So I've I've spoken to him and he's confirmed this. Fifty two kicks. So these aren't these are unofficial numbers. No, official numbers. Fifty two kicks for thirty goals twelve. He said he had twenty five marks. He laughed at this, two handballs, and he had a free four. And there was a oh, I actually didn't include the tackles. He said he had two tackles. So there's another four points. Four hundred and thirty six fantasy points. Unbelievable! The Which boys in a at good the traders game love for that. a little bit. Is about one fifty. Oh, if you can get a if you can get a ton, that's great. So one fifty elite. So if you had him, if you had Speedy as your captain, yeah, nine hundred and eight hundred, uh, eight hundred and what's that? Seventy two points. That's a uh, that's a fair effort. So well done to Trent. We are going to try and get him on the line. He, bad reception at home. So hopefully we can speak we'll to him. S- we might later on if we've spoken to him later in the week. We'll slip it in here. So that was a cracking interview with Speedy. Um, yeah, didn't go to plan, did yeah, it? Yeah, no, we, we couldn't get him on, unfortunately. Three nights in a row we tried. Yeah, but uh, he, do, he did He did warn us. He, he lives down at Sanford, and um, it's not the best phone reception, and we didn't want to interrupt him during work hours. So. Do you reckon he's got leather poisoning? Do you reckon that's a real... Probably. I was actually thinking... Of, I don't know why I've got these on. Um, I was actually thinking about it. Not just the 30 goals, because I was listening back to the last podcast when we were talking about fish kicking 19. I'm like, that's nothing. <laughs> that's ridiculous that I thought that was nothing. But to kick 30 goals, to have, what do we say, 52 possessions, possessions that is insane. Like, I would struggle to do that back in the day in half a year, yeah. just to have the 52 possessions, let alone the 30 goals. What an effort. So we will try and get Speedy on at some point. We'll have a little chat to him. I'm sure he's not going to forget, sure forget about the 30 goals anytime soon. No. So uh, we will slot it in. Now, uh, a couple of other things, oh, yeah. <laughs> that was a rookie error. Now, uh, a couple of other things, mate, footy-related. Um, bad fire up at Caprona. Did you yeah, see that? that Footy they, club. That's you no know, good. the saddest thing about that was the, all the memorabilia that they will have lost. Yeah, like absolutely. Photos. Honor boards. Premiership fl- flags. Cups. Yeah, so uh, feel for those guys up there. That's really sad. Um, mentioned on, early on in, a, in an earlier episode, the Circular Head Saints trying to get back into the NWFL next year. Um, they've announced their president for the year, Keith Billing. So... Congratulations to Keith. It'll be interesting to see that movement and whether they can get a team back resurrected into the NWFL next year. I'm presuming there'll be votes for other clubs, etc. from that. So that was, um, yeah, good to see. Non-footy related stuff. Did you see the uh, Major League Baseball? I'm worried here. No, no, no. Yeah. The Major League Baseball Field of Dreams. Have you seen yes, that movie? I, yeah, I did. Do you know oh, what? That I saw so cool. that. This is a baseball game that was held in the middle of a cornfield. Oh, hold on. You mean the original? No, no, no. Or both? No, no. So the you have, you haven't seen the movie then. So the movie was um, Kevin Costner. He had this dream, this premonition to build a field in the in the corn. What? Nothing. You just you're telling me that I haven't seen a movie that I've seen. But it wasn't an actual game. No. You didn't let me finish. No, I didn't. I'm, I'm, I'm no, it's whenever. all right. You go. Keep going. No, I'm just going to, uh, There's a button here. That was you on mute. Yeah, no. Oh, right. Anyway, Field of Dreams has a premonition to build well, a field. and they, a story. They will come. They will come. And these uh, former players came and played a great game of baseball. But, uh, yeah, so they redid it in this field in – which state was it in? You can unmute yourself now. The silence is deafening. What state was it in? I don't know. 
I just saw that I saw it on social media and I thought it was a joke. That's I thought awesome. someone had just built this um the scoreboard. Yep. And out of beautiful timber and stuff, I was more interested in the timber and the corn than the field itself. Oh, but, but did you see the have you seen snippets of no, it? No, I haven't yet. Really if you haven't seen I it. Because I still didn't actually quite believe it until I read a game report yeah, and I didn't look at the video. And the White Sox won with like yeah. the a double in the last the bottom of the ninth. It was awesome. So if you haven't seen it, do yourself a favour, Google search Field of Dreams. It's uh, worth watching all those social media stuff. The, the players walking out of the corn, it was awesome. Speaking so. of good social media, did you see Jarvo? Yes. <laughs> the first the all-white player to <laughs> debut for India. It, Full kit for the backstory. Uh, a blo- English bloke ran on, or he didn't run onto the field. He walked he onto walked, the field walked, during the England India test. So in India, full, India were walking out in full. No, it was at the end of the over. Yeah. Oh, was it? Yeah. Right. So he just walked from fine leg in full Indian kit and uh, went up to the umpire as if to take a, the ball and say, "What? Well, I'm, I'm going to come on from the nursery end thing." And then the, the, the security, security ran out, and then he's pointing at the emblems on his shirt, saying, "What, what, mate? mate I'm, I'm I play for India." <laughs> he first pointed to the wrong one. He pointed to the sponsors' badge, <sighs> and then and he's got, yeah, I've consumed a few of them. Oh no, hold on, this one. I play for India, and so security ended up walking him off, and he was arms raised and thanks very much and stuff. And the, the Indian players. players were in hysterics. I just thought it was a funny thing. And subsequently, I've seen a bit of social media today. There are cricket journalists that have been asked to take down a retweet or not to allude to it because they fear that others are going to try and do the same. Oh, people people do that stuff all the time. I mean, I thought it was hilarious. <sighs> Obviously, it's a bit of a COVID breach, but oh, yeah. oh, actually, I don't know over there. Did you see all the crowds? Everyone's vaccinated over it's, there, aren't yeah. they? Yeah. Did you see the Premier League? Like no. crowds, stadiums full. It's, um, oh, it's not on the list. <laughs> Had a good chat with George about golf. Is that that's on the list? Uh, Rightio, Wilders. Communications. Um, communications. Uh, I've got thanks to uh, Mount Pleasant Premiership player defender Dougal Morrison. He sent us in a sunrise video from up on the mound at Mount Pleasant. For those that have seen our socials, the photos from behind the goals at Mount Pleasant. The boys go up there at sunrise. If there's about, I think there was only half a dozen of the boys that were actually there for Sunrise. He sent a video through for that. We put it up on social media. It was um, pretty nice. Sunrise too. The uh, the voices were a little bit hoarse singing the uh, theme song though. Uh, can I br- give a shout out to Rowan, Rowan Fitch for his ODFA updates and FaceTime calls. He was our um, man wing, on the wing. wing wingman down there. Did you get that one? Yep. Loved it. Uh, he, uh, well done, Fitchy. You sent us through the videos and stuff, and gave us score updates while we weren't actually there. They is, he, were, is he in the? Is he in the All Stars? Uh, not for a one game effort. Okay. You know, right. Yeah. Although he did send me the Friday night photo of the fire pits at Inverney Park. So there's two days. Well, eh? There we go. Actually, um, really looking forward to the final series and seeing how these big players perform because we need to fill the side. We need a team, so we're halfway there, I reckon. Um, any emails this week? Yeah, I did. Um, Got an email, I won't give out the name, but he signed off as Andy Fags. Uh, he wants to know what guys have planned for Silly Sunday, Mad Monday. He wants to know what people get up to on Silly Sunday and Mad Monday, what traditions there are, who sets the dress code. I know when we were, there would always be a, a dress and code that would You're treading on out. very dangerous ground here. Why? Because too much preparation... 
No, I think it's all about the preparation. You got to start early. If you're making no, a costume so out of boxes, you I don't start painting early. I reckon. Who was it? Andy. Andy. I reckon he's jumped the gun a little bit. I think we need to just rather than worrying about what preparations occurring, I think we need to see just the end result. Okay, fair enough. Because I don't want you don't want to steal someone's thunder. Nah, yeah, okay, fair point, fair point. Well, and we don't also don't want to detract from potential premiership winnings. No, yeah. Okay, fair fair point. So take take that on board. Um, we'll, we want to see the best ones. He, he best celebr- We want to see the best celebration photos. Or commiseration photos. I mean, you can only have one winner, and everyone has a great year, so it's worth a lot. Wouldn't mind seeing a few of the those teams. Maybe the team that didn't didn't win a game. Do you actually have a big big night on a Sunday or a Monday to well, do the it? Uni Mowbray boys looked as though they were going to. Wonder were if they? they Richmond Claremont. Yeah. Rich, the Richmond, Rosemary Torak, they would have tied one on big time, I reckon, the boys. Um, interestingly, Andy said uh, back in the day, his team, they had to do a, so all the boys, they had to do a boat race, which involved everyone having a pint of Guinness and a raw egg in the bottom of it. Would you? How would you go about, if I presented that in front of you oh, now? On, on now? Now. I, did, I wouldn't, I'd be slow. <laughs> I'd be. Do you want to do it? There's 12 eggs there and I know I've got a can of Guinness in let's, the cool room. Let's do it. Let's do it. That's <laughs> false, false bravado oh, if ever I've seen it. Well, look at this. Anyway, um, I thought that was interesting. I got a message through from George from Bell Reeve. He wants to know if we might do commentary uh, of any summer carnivals, particularly the wood shopping, as he's very interested in axed-based sports. Okay. So, do you reckon he'd participate? He'd, uh, did well, he, did he, he have a photo? Did he have a... Pictures? It would no, he, he didn't. No, he d- I don't think we've ever got photos about anyone swinging an axe. But he just—he was very interested in axe-based sports. Okay. Don't know if he's an axe murderer. Or <laughs> Maybe. Maybe. But yeah, summer carnivals. Okay. Well, we'll look into that. We'll see if you—if you want us to uh, commentate any of your summer carnivals, be it running, um, triathlons, or axe events, hit How us up you? at the socials at Way Out Wing, Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, TikTok, and TikTok. How good's Derek? Yeah, I we got you, Derek speaking. Yeah, okay, then. Uh, nah, now's not the best time. Yeah. Uh, hold on a sec, would you? But I reckon we've got a live one on here. Right, what was you after then? Mm-hmm. Yeah, right, eh? Well, well, look, I'm a little busy now, but how about you email us for a sponsor's pack? Yeah, yeah, I know, I'm a little busy at the moment. Just send an email through to way out in the wing at gmail.com and I'm pretty sure one of the boys will sort it. Yeah, okay, I understand. Yeah, no, quite, yeah social media. Oh, yeah, at way out wing. Yeah, 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 no, it includes TikTok. Alright, alright, yeah, roger that. Yeah, no, thanks for touching base with Derek. Poor. Jeez, I fucking aced that one. Uh, around the leagues. Massive week. NTX Devils. How'd the boys go? 
No, they're training for regionals coming up for next weekend. Have we worked out how the competition's structured yet? No, we still haven't thrown that sponsorship money their way. Oh, okay. We'll get on to that. (laughs) That's probably because you haven't done it and I haven't done it, and therefore, lack of communication. It's ironic that communication when the microphone's on is pretty good. When the microphone goes off, yeah. Uh, TSL. Um, despite an after the after the siren opportunity of last week's nine goal wonder kid Zach Morris, Clarence downed Launceston thirteen seven eighty five to eleven seventeen eighty three. Uh, Morris marked forty meters out from goal directly in front. The defender turned forward, couldn't add to his tally, signalling Launceston's second loss of the year. Uh, North Lonnie stamped their authority authority over a finals-bound Kingborough with a nine-goal final term to run out comfortable 40-point winners at the Twin Ovals. Mark Walsh led the way after responding to some stern words from coach Cox Goodyear at three-quarter time. Uh, Brad himself kicked his 400th goal for the club. It's not a bad effort. That's a great effort. Uh, North Hobart plucked us their second win for season 2021 with a gutsy 14-point victory over a luckless Glenorchy. At a windy KG5, young forward Will Splann will no doubt have um, made recruiters look with a five-goal performance up front for the Demons. Uh, into the SFL, uh, teams headed for the finals, flex their muscles on the weekend with New Norfolk 20-point winners over Brighton, Lindisfarne 88-point winners ahead of Sorrell at the final siren, uh, Dodgers Ferry 95 points the better of Hobart, and Signet having 73 scoring shots and registering a total score of 46-27, 303 to zero goals, zero behinds, zero. Claremont down at the port. How many goals? Uh, 46-27. Geordie Lane kicked 11 for them. Uh, Into the SFL Women's Division 1, the ladder leaders, three of them. um, Oh, sorry, no. Ladder leaders and undefeated Glenorchy had to forfeit to Claremont. Really? Yeah, they're three or four games ahead, but they forfeited. Resting players. Well, how many weeks? Someone got married in the group. Or something. <laughs> how many weeks till finals? Uh, quite a few. Twelve. Yeah, quite a few. Yeah. Uh, Division two, the top three teams defeated the bottom three sides comfortably, uh, and in Division three, a tot. Yeah. Top place Hutchins getting over second place St. Virgil's by 72 points to Ooh, remain undefeated. I think that's one way. Mm, that... I think so. Yeah. Now, interestingly, in the SFL men's leading goal kicker table, it'll go down to the wire in the final round with Dodgers Ferry, Campbell Hooker, chalking up 10 goals this week and with a season t- tally of 68 and Lindisfarne's Michael Blackburn kicking eight to sit two goals behind Oof. on 66. So Dodgers Ferry plays Sorrell at Sorrell, so Campbell Hooker will look to feast there. Uh, and Lindisfarne play Hewanville um, at Hewanville. So that's going to be a tougher be a game for, game for well. Blackburn. So you'd expect Hooker to take it out with that two-goal lead playing Sorrell. Um, you wouldn't see Blackburn sort of um, coming over the top of him and you wouldn't hear someone coming back from that well, too far behind of a, uh, a leading goal kicker award. Who, who's third place? Uh, Michael Cassidy, 44. How, how many behind? 20, 24 behind. 24 behind. Yeah. That's, that would be good going. Yeah. Um, great segue. You're not going to believe it. 
You're not going to believe it. What? The old boys. What? You got something. <laughs> Mate, how is this? We have alluded to it already. The outstanding performance by our... Can I reuse the same gag? God, we've got to pay our writers more. Speedy Standen bagged 30 goals. So... What did he do? Bagged 30 goals. What are you laughing at? I don't know. It was- um... It needs an applause, more like a, a laugh. Uh, an absolutely amazing effort. So, Speedy was 13 goals behind Michael Fisher coming into the round. And he ended up? 12 goals ahead of him. That is unbelievable. So, kicked 30, 11 goals in the first quarter, 21 at half time, 26 at three quarter time. having 21 goals at half time. It's amazing. 26 at three-quarter time and then finished with 30. He spent the last six to ten minutes on the bench. After potentially having dragged himself, not being, not the coach dragging mate, if, Can you imagine if you wanted to stay out there and the runner comes out and goes, hey, mate, you've had enough. You, I'd be like, no, no turn mate, around. No, I am not, not coming to me. You can give me as many 400s as you want on Tuesday and Thursday night. I don't care about push-ups and sit-ups and dips, but I'm staying out here to kick a bag. Which maybe thought 30 was enough. So I think it was one short of the old boy's record. So maybe if you had known that, he wouldn't have stayed out. But anyway, great effort. Uh, puts an end to Richmond's uh, season. And they, have, they hopefully can get some good recruits and, and bring it up next year. Uh, other games, we saw a great contest between Dosa and St. Virgil's. Um, the Roosters come from behind at half time to record a three-point victory at Newtown Oval. Our boys... Jay Bowden and Michael Fisher, both dominant for their sides, kicking seven and five goals respectively. Dosa on the right side of a 50-metre penalty that got them uh, right to the goal line with about a minute or two to go. Controversial. St. Virgil's get the the, uh, centre clearance straight down Bowden's throat, takes the mark, uncharacteristically missed the set shot. Uh, that was it. Scrappy few final minutes and the Be Roosters... Filthy about that. Yeah, too. they were able to hold on. So uh, they're definitely finding their form at the right end of the season, playing with lots of confidence and some really... I'm actually really excited to see these finals. But but this any, any team this has tightened up in the last... It's certainly not the well, set five. No way. Well, we were like St. Virgil's by a mile, but OHA have beaten them twice. Dosa um, have now beaten them. I don't know if Hutchins have, but it's... it's the top four teams is going to be really, really close. So, in hope the, that weather conditions and grounds don't play their yeah, part right. in yep. affecting results. Yeah, agreed. So, in the other game, Hutchins ran out victors over their uh, bogey side this year, Uni, to the tune of 25 points at Queenborough. Harry Nichols and Will Burgess both kicked three to ensure the Lions head into the final series with some winning form. So, it is. It's going to be a cracking final series. Starts on when on Saturday. Sorry, St Virgil's and OHA at Newtown Oval while the informed team, Dosa, take on Hutchins at the TCA ground. So both those games are on Saturday. If you want to go watch some local footy, it's finals time. Yep. The precious just comes up. Get along we, and watch. We have an apology to, <laughs> to listeners. I know, I know where you're going. <laughs> we, we, said, told them. <laughs> we said go to the Dosa and St. Virgil's going to we watch Spalden and Fisher. We stuffed that up. You should have anyone gone to that, anyone, anyone that went to the shipyard... Instead, uh, well done. <laughs> oh, that's funny. Now, um, Southern Masters yes. played out their final round on the weekend. The Kingborough boys finished on top of the ladder uh, after their uh, victory over Sorrell. 
The Lindisfarne Two Blues beat Cross Changer in Rivals. The Lindisfarne Blues. Um, <laughs> do we call them the One Blues? <laughs> Don't know about that. Winning Blues. The winning. <laughs> I like it. Beat them by sixty-eight points in the final game, and our Pigskin Warrior boys went down to the Super Jets by thirty-five. Grand final. They do have a grand final. They have a so grand top two. Correct. Yep, top two player from the grand final. It's on in a fortnight down at Sorrell. So we've got Kingborough taking on the Lindisfarne two blues. So that'll be a good um, good game. Nice yeah. One. Up the river. We've already reported on Oatlands, I think. Do we need a... Well, I've got a pretty good match report. Okay. Go with it then. Well, Gilly and the AFL Taz boys, they cleared the Bullocks and the, and the poo pre-game. They propped up the canteen and witnessed history as Mount Pleasant capped off a perfect season by the Mounties, having won every roster game and the semi-final to become the first team to achieve this feat since 1953, since the competition started. In, in the ODFA. Yep. Uh, Mount Pleasant winning the toss and kicking with a solid breeze. In a toughly fought contest, they held it, held it to an under-par two-goal lead at quarter time. Uh, Bothell coach Simon Bryant led the way in the second quarter, kicking two goals to have a narrow halftime lead. Four goals to three in the third quarter saw the Mounties hang on to a three-point lead at three-quarter time. With some rousing language and a promise of a bottomless glass at the bar at the end of the game, both coaches delivered their messages for the final time in 2021. In a contest befitting of any ground at grand final, the scores remained tight, with Bothell hitting the front halfway through the last, only to be clawed back to a one-point lead with three minutes to go. A shot from 40 metres out levelled up the scores, and then cometh the hour, cometh the, the man. Timmy Langdale, with only a minute and a half left on the clock, and just his second possession for the game, marked from a similar spot, 45 metres, or 40 metres out, 45 degree angle. And with the crowd on his left shoulder, proceeded to punch it into the howling gale, hanging it out well left, only for the wind to caress it through the middle of the big sticks to the delight of the Mounties' army of supporters. A further point saw them win by seven points with 18-year-old Nick Davis being named BOG. Now, we had an opportunity to chat with our man, Timmy Langdale. Let's go. Now, on the back of that goal, we thought we'd speak with the man himself, Tim Langdale, who, if we'd spoken to you around midnight Saturday, is it true that the story had got out to 85 metres and from behind the kiosk is where you kicked the goal from? I think that's where it ended up, yeah. <laughs> uh, talk us through it, mate. I was just, just, just standard set up for goal. I actually thought we were pointing up. I didn't realise it was level. And, uh, yeah, sort of just went no, back in. My- no electronic scoreboard? Out at Oatlands? No, no, look, no, no, it's just got the uh, normally the young kids on it. Does that mean so, that there was a bit of pressure taken off your shoulders if uh, if you oh, felt that? Yeah, yeah, a little bit, I suppose. Sort of thinking that I wasn't wasn't kicking to put us in front, but um, yeah, everyone tells me now that it was level. So, but yeah, it just went back as I usually do and kicked through it. She was a pretty, she, st- right she was direction. a pretty stiff breeze that you were kicking into. Yeah, it was actually. Sad day, going across the ground now, or down the ground. And Tim, what was the um, what was the rest of your game like early on, mate? Had you been performing well? Um, you know, you had about two kicks all day and really struggling. What was your day like? Because there, up to that point, there, there were two, two ru- kicks all day. I was really. going to say there were rumours <laughs> that it was your only touch of the day that kick. No, I think I might have had one other kick. Handball, <laughs> oh, might have been two other kicks in the handball. <laughs> yeah, I hadn't had much of it, so I was sort of, I was a bit. Um, 
coming towards the end of the game, I was sort of, you know, wishing I'd put more of an effort in, but. Um, no, well, you got the, you've got a medal. You've got a medal around your neck now, mate, and you, that no one can ever take it. that away from you. Now you, you yeah. you're pretty easy to tell on the ground. You, you're known for your flowing locks. Is it true that part of your match payments are in Pantene Pro V shampoo and conditioner? Yeah, that's it. That's right. <laughs> Uh, now we story, uh, we got a few little contacts out of there. Uh, now I saw the rest of the team were celebrating in Hobart this afternoon, but you're at home on the couch. You're a big Survivor fan on Monday nights, is that right? Yeah, yeah, got to be, got to stay home, make sure I get my um, my fix on TV. I thought Survivor was on our list of things we're not allowed to discuss no, on not, here, I'm and you've talk, just brought I'm it not up. Not talking about it, but no, you are at, you are at home. So the rest of the boys are in Hobart celebrating, but you're uh, you're expecting your firstborn this week. I'm led to believe. Yep. Yeah, that's it. Yeah, well, I, was, I was with the boys today till good, about three o'clock. And good then timing. For an appointment, perfect timing. Um, now, well, what would have done it any better? Really. What would have been the decision had labour happened at about eleven o'clock Saturday? Uh, I would have had to pull the pin on the football. I reckon. Was oh. that discussed at all? It was discussed. Yeah. Oh, discussed yeah. with the wife or discussed with the club or no, both? Discussed with both. Well. We heard yeah. that if she'd come into labour during the fourth quarter, you were quoted as suggesting that you'd yell over the boundary line, hold on, Dahl, let me win the game and I'll be right with you. That's, that's exactly right. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, mate, well, mate, you'd be premiership-less if, they, if, you, um, if that happened. So worked exactly out uh, right. worked out well. Yeah, I've never won one, so. Oh, good on so you, mate. Where else have you played, so Tim? Well. What was that? Where else have you played footy? I played a fair few years at Hobart Football Club. Yep, and um, played a few years at Swansea as well back a while ago. You're also you're also a handy cricketer. No, not at all. Well, we heard something else on the rumour mill that uh, you won't answer Brett Jeeves's calls about uh, trying to honour the cricket Tasmania contract. <laughs> I don't know where you got that one from. Oh, the, Sources well, it, everywhere. It was uh, that winner's piss was more important. Well, that's definitely true. I'll put that one up there. Did you make the uh, trip up the the mound at at the home ground? No, nah, I didn't get there. Ooh. I was there. I um I think I hung on to me about midnight Saturday night. So I was. So when do they normally take that trek up? We saw Dougal Morrison up Sunrise. there. Sunrise. Sunrise yeah, is sunrise it? Sunrise yeah. normally. That's yeah. I think that's Dougal's time to go up. How many how, how many of them got up there? Uh, I don't actually know. I couldn't tell you. The only one I knew that was up there was Dougal. Jeez, so. I reckon I reckon they might have got up there. They might have flown back down though with that wind. Oh, I reckon. And um. Take much. Tim, three, two, ones for best uh, off-field performance while you're around. Um, while I was around, or from stories I've heard. Yep. Um, geez, that'd be a hard one. I reckon. We did hear a little rumour that the young fella was best in Fluffy finals. Davis. Yeah, best in, best finals, in finals, best in the final, and best off-ground. Excellent. Yeah, he'd have to be three votes, definitely. Oh, good for sure. And he's uh, he's good mate. Tommy Birchall wouldn't be far behind him for good. two. Was it? Um, oh, sorry. Yeah, I reckon young Carrot wouldn't be far behind. Oh, Carrot, love it. It's good to hear. Uh, given the season that you had, undefeated season, was it uh, rewarding to have a tight final um, to to finish off the year? It, yeah, probably. It was it was stressful, obviously stressful game, but um, I think to win a final like that is a lot more rewarding. What were the magic words at three quarter time? Um, Kick it to Langdale. Yeah, pretty much. I think that was the main one. Uh, no, I, was, I was just dig deep, keep trying to play our game of football. We hadn't really played it all day, so um, yeah, try and try and play our game and 
keep chipping away at it. We do play better into the wind, so that was one thing that was sort of going our direction. So Actually, I did see that when we came down and watched you guys play Bothwell in the uh, – what would have that been? The semi final, the qualifier. First semi, yeah, I mean. yeah, the semi. You guys yeah. did you did play well against the wind, so um, that's yep. always handy to have that in your back pocket. So no, mate, it's an awesome effort. Um, yeah, to go through a season undefeated and then win the premiership, you got to be. Uh, yeah, there's not many people that get to do that, so that's awesome, mate. Well, Fantastic. Welcome to the club. Well, I didn't want to say that, but yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Although you you let these guys score, we didn't. But anyway, um, we won't worry about that, mate. It's about you. So, no, well uh, done, well well done, Tim. That's awesome effort, mate. Well Enjoy done, mate. it. Thanks, guys. See ya. Seamless, Willis. That is seamless. Love it. Uh, up in the north, NTFA Premier. Uh, leading at every break, Bracknell took the mental edge ahead in, heading into next week's elimination final, dele- defeating Delbarone. Delbarone. uh 94 to 66. Prawn! Was a bit of a danger up front. He kicked seven with ball movers Nick Mitchell and the wing's own Dutchie Holland being named best. Uh, Georgetown form side. Oh, you'd want to be from around behind, that presentation night, wouldn't you? Came from behind to win its third game in five weeks, defeating Bridge North 10 8 68 to 4 12 36. In a match full of milestones, Troy Spinks and Daniel Burr. Spinksy. Brought up 250 club games with Corey Burr and Adam Zavera. Zanavera, I can't. Adam Z. (laughs) (laughs) Reaching 150 senior games. All four were involved with the Saints' 2009 premiership, the last of their eight consecutive flags. Uh, Luke Crane. Yes, had to go. He kicked three goals. Yes. To hold off Sean Muller for their leading goal kicker award. To finish with 12 for the year. Massive, massive Muller finished with 10. So, uh, an accurate eight goal final term sent. Say, Ro- Acker kicked an eight goal final no, term. An accurate oh, eight right. goal final term sent Rochelle into the finals with a barrel of momentum, defeating Scottsdale 14 11 95 to 4 5 29. Uh, and also secured the double chance for them. There, the boys are in form. They are. Uh, leading by only three points at quarter time, the Tigers kicked away as an out uh, in form uh, Josh Holton booted four. Jordan Cousins and Dakota Bannister being named best. But then the match of the round was tight at the top. In a, a tot. In a tot. As South Launceston sealed top spot, defeating Longford 4-7-31. That's probably why they're in the state final. To, to 4-6-30 in some blustery conditions at Longford. Uh, Longford trailed by 14 points at quarter time. What was the deck like? Did you, Have you seen photos? Uh, what was the condition I the think, well, last week was a bit windy, a bit sunny, so it will have dried out a bit more than what it had done the weekend you were there. Um, but I still don't think, well, they've kicked four, seven, and four. There's eight yeah, goals for the game. Pretty bad. There was one goal kicked in the second half, uh, but the pressure and intensity was on and tested the defences all day. In the end, South's defence nullified uh, Longford's run and put the Tigers' chances to bed, holding on in a thriller and earning this weekend off. So I think uh, Longford get a home final, and I also think, who finished? Hang on, it's still NTFA. NTFA. What? We don't know where the finals could be. They yeah, could, no, it's, it's announced. They could send them to East Coast. No, it's announced. Uh, and I, I'm sure I saw... So you're lot- telling me a team finishes second and gets a home final? No. I know, I know we, we mentioned this last time, but you're right. So Longford finish uh, second, Rochelle third. Yep. So the qualifying final is at Longford. 
battle of the Tigers. And then the elimination final, Brucknish, Brucknell finished fourth, Deloraine fifth. That game is at Brucknell. So tell me, why do the Div, why do the Premier League clubs get home gains and the Division One teams no, I think... don't? Anyway, we'll move on. Um, we'll go to the we'll Div go two. to we'll go oh, to Div One. Div sorry. One. We'll go to Div One. First round of finals, and we saw some contrasting games of footy. In the elimination final on Saturday, East Coast proved too strong for St. Pat's. The Saints failing to register a goal in the second half to go down by 31 points. <clears throat> Excuse me. They uh, did hold a nine-point lead at the main break, thanks to Jake King kicking three. But they kicked zero goals seven in the second, in the second half. And that's never going to win you a game of finals footy. So in, in, yeah, in contrast, St. Helens uh, piled on about seven goals Five, I think, to run out quite convincing winners. Nick Child, again, dangerous up forward. Kicking three. Sean Cannon kicked two in a best-on-ground performance. Cannon. Mm. And they will now take on Old Scotch, who fell to OLs in a great contest on Sunday, thanks to a Tom Chug masterclass in the last quarter. He bobbed up, kicked three match-winning goals against the Breeze. I was at the other end. Were you Big, there? Yeah. Big and I said, I said, there's no way Charlie was next to me. I said, there's no way he's kicking this, mate. He's 55 out. And it went straight. Dead straight. Wouldn't have even thought there was a win. So good players stand up when it's needed. And Chuggy did that. He uh, kicked two massive goals and then another snap Bad to, to conditions for the game. Oh, great Weather-wise. Yeah. But, but i got to say, the football was far better than I gave the conditions credit for. Absolutely. It was Wind, actually, rain. It was the ground was in good nick. Ground was in good nick. not been used for three weeks. Yeah. Umpires did a great, did a great game. Both teams were hard at it. Um, some of the five players, pits weren't on. Five though. pits weren't on, and it wouldn't have minded a little bit more protection undercover. But anyway, um, it was a yeah, it was a really good, really good contest. Tight tussle all day. Oh, it was skipped away early, aided by a good breeze. The Scotchies reeled them back in to have a one goal lead at half time, and then restricted OLs to just two goals in the important third quarter. At that point, you probably thought Scotch would run away with it. Jock Dark and Jaunty Swallow, they were dominant in the midfield. Darky was like a Dry weather football. Will Harper up forward, had two. And after his second, they were in front by as much as 10 points. But to OL's credit... Which was a big lead yeah, it in was. that contest. It was probably the biggest um, at the point in time. And then, yeah, to OL's credit, they just kept on chipping away. And as we said, Tom Chug bobbed up when needed and single-handedly got him over the line. So next week, OL's get another uh, home final, this time against Lilydale on Saturday. And a spot in the grand final up for grabs. So that'll be... Interesting to see that game. Old Scotch, they will play East Coast in the other semi on Sunday. That's also at Invermay Park with the loser of that game Maybe seeing their NTCA. season come to an end. Well, I saw you post that. Yeah. No, but I've... We had a chat to... They're waiting on a council report to see whether or not that Well, I wonder whether through, that's coming come or not through. because it was announced on their on the NTFA Facebook page that... that. Um, that game will be at Invermay Park. And Invermay Park held up beautifully. It was in good nick, so I can't imagine why you wouldn't wouldn't play it there. Uh, Friday night, we'll, we'll move along to the women's. Uh, Friday, first round of finals. Friday night, we saw a bit of an upset at Invermay Park with OLs and uh, getting that home final for fifth spot, proving too strong for Bridge North in the elimination final. They uh, scraped in the finals just and... Jump Bridge North early and then never really troubled, running out 23-point winners. So a really good win there. Taylor Lehman bagged two goals. Mackenzie Lloyd named the best. Uh, so well done to OL's girls. Um, they will take on Scottsdale because on Saturday, 
down at the massive gala event at East Coast. Old Scotch defeated the fast-finishing Scottsdale Magpies by 18 points. They started strongly. The Thistles, Gemma Blair dominated down back, and young Indy Viney was strong around the ball and had uh, the Thistles had a two-goal lead at the main break and continued that form into the second half. Sarah Giles finished with a couple. Kate Minchin, she was a star for Scottsdale, named their best and kicked their only two goals for the game, but they got done in the end. So, yeah, a couple of good games. Second week of finals. We'll see an awesome game between Lonnie and Old Scotch at Invermay Park on Saturday. The These teams, well, their only past meeting was actually in round one, and neither side, neither, neither, neither side has lost since then. So it's going to be uh, a really exciting game to watch. In the other semi, Scottsdale, they'll take on OLs again at Invermay Park on Sunday. And you'd think that Scottsdale should be too strong at home, but, oh, sorry, should be too hong. Too strong, but hong. Hong. too strong, but home ground for OLs. Um, you just never know. So, yeah, there we go. Up the coast, Beautiful. mate. Uh, up the coast, NWFL. Uh, much like the NTFA Premier Division, um, in a tot that saw the winner take the minor premiership, Tubes' own Penguin held off Devonport in a ripping match at. Uh, the, at Penguin, this cup of tea. Oh, sorry, Jim Port Oval. This cup of tea is just what I need. <laughs> Maybe we need to go away from Monday night recordings. Well, it's not often we have a Saturday night like well for me anyway. Yeah, wrap two nights into one. Uh, two months into one. <laughs> uh, Devonport Magpies got out to a fast start, kicking three goals to none in the first quarter before all the flightless aquatic animals surged back with a four goal to one <laughs> quarter. To lead by nine points at the main break. A dour third term littered with stoppages saw Penguin lead by a solitary point at the last break. And despite Devonport running the ball in the wind, into the wind and kicking three goals themselves, Penguin did the same with the wind uh, to hold on to that single point leg. Jack Templeton up front kicked six of the Penguins eight in a BOG performance. Uh, in other games, Bernie did what they do best. They got a fast start and a biggish lead and then protected it or managed it for the rest of the game, running out 20-point winners against Wynyard. Uh, and Latrobe grabbed their second win for the year over Alveston, also by 20 points. Well, in the women's, it was prelim final time. On Friday, we saw Wynyard get over the line against Penguin by five points to secure their spot in the 2021 grand final and a chance for back-to-back premierships. They'll take on the dominant Alveston side on Friday night at 7 p.m., at Dial Sports Complex for the flag. So if you are up the northwest coast and want to see a grand final in action, get to Dial Sports Complex at 7pm on Friday. It was a tight tussle all game. Penguin jumped them early in the first quarter with two goals to lead at quarter time. But from then on, when you'd reeled them back in with a three-goal second quarter and then kept the Penguin girls scoreless in the last to take the chockies. Nikki Ellis, she kicked two goals for the victors with... Elise Hoiberg-Cox named best on ground. So, well done to the Wynyard girls. Good luck in the grand final next week. I think they'll need it because Alveston have been dominant all year. NWFA, Wilders, I'm going to move straight into it. Yep, go for it. Qualifying final and the opportunity to take on fourth this week. Motton Preston did exactly as expected and ran over the top of Wesley Vale to the tune of 94 points. So that's 2v3. It really is a two-horse race this comp this year, I think. Mott and Preston, they started slowly but ran away to be convincing winners. And, yeah, they'll take on fourth with a spot in the granny up for grabs. In other finals, Sheffield, they were too strong for Sprayton, winning by 37 points. 
The Robins will now take on Wesley Vale for the the uh, in the other semi final. I've just been sent the where those games are. So on Saturday, the second semi, fourth v Motton Preston starts at two o'clock at Maidstone Park, and then on Sunday again at Maidstone Park, Wesley Vale will take on Sheffield at two p.m. Uh, circular head in the second semi, Red Par 9660 won their way to a grand final dance, defeating Scotchtown 6743 at Smithton, which means that in the prelim this week, Irish Town will take on Scotchtown. Yet to be announced where they're going to play that. Apparently, the Smithton ground got chewed up pretty bad on, oh, I can on the weekend. That. So. Yeah, they, I they where will. else you'd play it? I can't see Scotchtown or Irishtown holding up. No, I Stanley. think Stanley. Yeah, I think they're, Stanley. they're looking at Stanley. But they're going to make a public announcement once the decision's been made. So just wait for that. It's going to be huge. <laughs> uh, Darwin. Darwin. Have we got the Hayes report? Yeah, this is, uh, sorry. It's not, the, it's not the Darwin. It's the Hayes League. I actually started typing it. And I'm like, why am I even bothering with this? <laughs> I did this. I did the yeah. same. I'm going to... Sip on this cup of tea. You uh, first week of finals have been and gone with the four favourites getting up and the qualifying fi- four favourites. I think you must be looking at including, I've got reserves with Scots here. Uh, in the qualifying final, Somerset proved that they have got what it takes to take it up to Queenstown by defeating a Peter Fultonless yeoman by 57 points. I wonder what the go is there. Would need Hazy? Why didn't Fulton play? Expected uh, a bit more information after, there, Hazy. Maybe he's upset after finishing on 99 goals oh, for the year. Maybe said, someone ripped him too much. And he said, you know what? Stuff I'm it. At, I'm out. Stuff I'm done. it. Didn't pass it to me that last one. Maybe he did. Uh, Aaron Butler was unstoppable up forward for the Roos, finishing with 10 goals and some handy supply up the field by Charlie. I reckon you put these in here just to make me pronounce them, Hazy. <laughs> uh, Charlie T- Tukarski and Jake Linden. Uh, in the elimination final, Natone um, came to play early with a 10-goal to one first half, running away 72-point winners. Braden Hayes, no relation, kicked four in the first half. That's his dad. Uh, but came off with what looked like a serious shoulder injury. Just wanted to get to the bar early. Uh, after a 10-goal to one first half, uh, which could hurt their chances of going further next week. Braden Chandler also dominated in very greasy conditions for the Pies. Uh, I'm not going to go into the reserves. Uh, next week's matches, Yeoman take on Natone in the first semi with the winner to play the loser of the Somerset-Queenstown, uh, which is the second semi for the Queenstown-Somerset winner to go through the grand final. We'd have to see Queenstown probably winning that, uh, and we'll see what happens. Um, King I Island. have King Island, yeah. Last roster game for the year. Thank, thanks again, Jan, for Jan, the thank you. update. I, I probably spend more time summarising Jan's report <laughs> than, than actually for yeah. It's uh, thorough. It's deep. Last roster game for the year. Curry had the advantage. Good one in this. Good one. Uh, Curry had the advantage of the breeze in the first quarter and were quick to move the ball forward, but were finding it hard to get a major on the board as the grassy defence was doing a good job of defending. Half-time saw the scores locked together. The third quarter was an extremely tight affair as neither side were able to get a major on the board and Grassy managed four points for the quarter. Curry managed three. With the highlight, or low light, depending on your vantage point, a spectator's car ended up with a broken windscreen when a ball got kicked out of bounds on the full and smacked into it. Oh, I saw gosh. a photo. I saw a photo of it. It was bang on the driver's <laughs> view. view. So in the car? Uh, I'm not Probably sure. Not. 
There was someone in the passenger seat from the photo I saw. That would have scared the life out of you. I reckon. I, I thought a, like a cricket ball. I've seen that before in cricket. Actually, there was a footage of a guy who hit a cricket ball to bring up a hundred and smashed his own, own car. car. So that. That's awesome. Uh, so leading by a point at three-quarter time, Grassy were able to seal the win when young Tyler Hudson got the ball, weaved his way around a few defenders and got the ball to Tristan Forrest, who did not miss, which saw them win by nine points. Uh, so, yeah, finals next week for uh, King Island. Yeah, so North take on Curry. See who's going to play Grassy in the grand final. I reckon Curry might just give North a little bit of a run for their money there. Okay. So. Uh, now, next Monday when we're recording is the Keating Medal Night. Best, Best and fairest. fairest. Yep, for the seniors. Um, the Well, ju- seniors and juniors. So the junior counts for the Terry Perry Medal. The what? Terry Perry Medal. And the seniors is for the Keating Medal. So now, no dis- good luck. No disrespect to whether it's the Terry family don't, or the Perry family, or whether he's named. Don't say. Do you it. reckon it's named because he was an awesome junior and never quite made it at oh. senior level? Terry Perry. Yeah. Or is like it the two families? The Terry is and it the Perry donated? family. I don't know. We need, might need to ask that. Jan will flick your email. Yeah. Well, Jan listens. He'll um. Let's let's actually see if he listens this deep. Jan, if you're listening to this, can you Could send us know an email? The origins of the Terry Perry Medal and the Keating Medal. That'd be good to know. Oh, come on! It's Clark, either named Clark. after Paul or Clark. Clark. <laughs> the week. Rally brought to you by Van Diemen Brewing. Actually, you got a result for us yeah, in the poll. I'm bringing, now, I'm bringing that up. Very, very tight this week. It really was. Zach, nine goal, first goal winner for Launceston. Nine, versus nine goals straight. Nine goals straight versus Michael, 19 goals, 13 Fisher. Now, earlier in the week, Zach got out to a commanding, commanding lead. You <laughs> were working well. <laughs> uh, but after a little bit of promotion... I did send Fisher a message and say, mate, you're getting done by a guy that only kicked nine. Well, we'd... Oh, I'm on my Twitter, not ours. It came down to one vote. Is that right? I yep. think that, is, that was early yep. on. No, it finished with one vote and the winner with 56%, Michael Fisher. Oh, he got it. Yep. Did he? Well done, Fish. So we'll send some beer your way fish only- actually if you've listened to this you yep. need to contact us and we'll send you the beer now this week we're going to we're going to mix it up this week well we're actually not we are going to award a no, player we're going to give a player of a week but we we sat in the car on the way home on sunday clear headed and thought some of us we had, had to two, two 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 of them asleep in the back seat so we had to talk about something pretty much going to be footy what don't we talk about <laughs> I don't know some garbage that goes on in that car we should set a mic up in that um, so we spoke about this week's award and you obviously not going to go past we haven't mentioned him yet <laughs> not at all we're going to rename the podcast the, the Speedy Standings podcast uh, we Speedy need him a, Speedy we need him a, um, what was the um, actually we'll, we'll put some of that in it Little snippet, but anyway, Speedy Kick Thirty. You're not going to find anyone that's done anything that remotely should match it. So instead of putting up a poll this week, we are just going to give Speedy a four pack of beer. I'm actually going to send two four packs. Hey, because it's going to go. Who was the reserves player that kicked 18 for OHA? Oh, um, yeah. That to take out 
the leading they goal won the reserves. That's right. Uh, let me have a look. I'll get and that. And he up. kicked 18. I oh, see so you going to give him one as well. Oh, well oh, good if on I send anyone to Speedy, we might as well send yeah. one there. That's a terrific performance to get leading goal kickers from both clubs, yep. uh, from the same club, but for both teams. Yep. So we'll get that on the way. Uh, where can I find that? Oh, here. I already had that. His name was. Oh, Hutto. Paul Hudson. Oh, really? Yeah. We mentioned Hutto earlier on. So he, he, kicked, finished... he kicked 18 to finish two goals ahead of yes. Justin Carroll. So that's worthy of a four pack. Fair enough. So, boys, we'll send you each a four pack of Van Diemen, your local beer this footy season. Let's rip. <laughs> Brought to you by Van Diemen Brewing. <laughs> that sounded really good. Straight from the lips. Uh, time on. This is the bits we couldn't fit in anywhere else. You got heaps? I have a blank page sitting in front of me. Uh, I don't have much. One thing, congratulations, Doug Nankervis. Umpired his 500th game on the weekend. That's not a bad effort. Goal umpire. Uh, I think, yeah, he's, I he, think... he's done everything. Right. So during his time, he's been yeah between the goalpost, the Coles warehouse worker. He's umpired 21 grand finals in the Coles car park. <laughs> you kicked a kick uh, for, like a. I reckon that'd be more controversial. Christmas Christmas, Christmas, there. Christmas breakup. Um, he's umpired 21 grand finals across the NTFA, NTJFA. North Eastern Football Union and the ODFA. When asked about his career highlight, the 2009 Division One Grand Final between Georgetown and Rochelee sprang to his mind as the Saints collected their eighth consecutive flag. So well done to Doug. That's a, that's a fantastic effort, 500 games. And I think um, I'd love to see more past players get out there and umpire start umpiring the game because... We really need them, and it's a great opportunity for juniors as well to get out and get umpiring. They get paid pretty well as well, I think, compared to sitting at Macca's or KFC, as that yeah. other fella said. So, yeah, a couple of hours Excellent work. for your fitness, really good environment. It made me actually uh, mate, consider it. I, I genuinely was the same. And it's not that I don't want to. It's just I probably, I've gone into the coaching side rather than... The umpire I've side. gone into the podcasting side um, <laughs> to stay involved, but keep your day job, mate. Yeah, I was genuinely the same. I thought, you know what, we we don't we need umpires, and the way that guy did you, I I didn't grab his name um, on Friday night, but he spoke with passion about the, Callum, the umpiring, and Callum, he, anyway, he he said he said it's very much it's like a footy club, you know, we catch up, we have training, we we have a meal, and. Um, Good on him. So, yeah, get uh, get umpiring if you can. But well done to Doug anyway. Great effort. Wing All-Stars, we need some inductions. We've got to fill this team. At the moment, oh, we've got two, we probably need four, to put the, six, We probably eight, need to put the ten. list out. We've got 11. This but I'm, week, I'm inducting Speedy so Standard. On the back of... Oh, yeah, nice one. Yeah, does, he go, does he bump Mate. Jackson Callow out of full forward? Uh, no. He oh, would yeah. on field. Uh, he would on field. He would off field as well. Um, I heard he loves it off the field. Wind back the clock. Uh, we are. We're going to put J- uh, Jackson Callow as. Oh, we had Hazy at centre half forward. Yeah. I don't think Hazy anyway. does. Anyway, we'll, we'll, get, we'll that get to out. that. On the Speak back the of on the back of us not having a player of the week poll this week, we are going to put up Ooh. the final 
now that we're in finals the of, the, of the wing state series. That's it. Um, Signet versus South, South Launceston. Both teams finished on at top Queen, of their at respective. Queenstown yep. to be played at Queenstown. Well, Gillies organised that. Um, so we'll put that poll up. The other one that I want, I want everyone that's going to finals football, I want them to use the hashtag WayOutWing, but also the hashtag WingCanteen. I want some photos up of the offerings. We saw a photo from Oatlands, severely lacking Chico rolls. There was chips and gravy, though, so... Overpri- well, according to those there, not us, there were overpriced, overpriced Savaloys, but we digress. But I want to see, I want to see what offerings, different clubs, different canteens, because it's often during finals, neutral ground, you get a club that comes in, brings their own stuff. Let's get some photos up. Hashtag wing canteen, hashtag way out wing. Um, tag us at way out wing. Wing canteen, that's awesome. Yeah, we want to see what the offering is. And if it's good, just pump it up, especially the chips and gravy. Give us a chips and gravy report. Yep, 100%. Right. Other than that, go and see finals footy. That's it. We're we're on. Enjoy it. Hopefully, we get some better weather this weekend. Good luck to the no, junior grand finals in the north uh, next week. So good luck to those teams trying to make a granny this week in the juniors. That's it. Well done, all. Another week. Smell you later. Bye for now. <laughs>